say, boy, you ain't a poet, just a drunk with a pen. Over and over again and again. Lord, it don't know about the places I've been. It gets hard out here. I know it don't look it. I used to have art, but the house. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcome everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Powered by Dallas Safari Club. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players as well. More importantly, thanks to you guys and gals for being here. It is a treat, a pleasure, an honor to be talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks again for being here. We've got a great show lined up for you today. And I'm going to tell you all about it right now. So you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos. Yep, the one granddaddy passed down to you years ago. If it's like mine, still got mud caked on it from duck seasons come and gone. Maybe you spiked it with some of Grandpappy's uh, cough syrup there as well. Uh, maybe you're on the wagon and you didn't. Either way, just pour yourself another cup because we're ready to rock and roll. And off the top, speaking of rock and roll, how about uh, one of my favorites from the Red Dirt Americana scenes? They've been doing it a long time. Willie and Cody Braun of Reckless Kelly will be here live in studio. The fellows have a brand new double album coming out this spring. Uh, they'll play a couple tracks off of it, which you can't find anywhere else. This will be the first time you've heard them because they aren't available. <laughs> That's right. Uh, a record doesn't drop until uh, late May. So we'll hear some brand new tunes plus a classic as well. Plus, we'll talk a little fishing, everything from uh, Brazilian mission trips in the Amazon to Norwegian Viking ships <laughs> fishing for salmon off the coast of Norway. Uh, all that and everything in between with Cody and Willie coming up here in just a moment. Then at the bottom of the hour, we'll spend a couple segments chatting with a longtime friend of the program. Jim Shockey makes his return to the show. Uh, Canada and their... Uh, president or no prime minister sorry trudeau justin trudeau that cute little man <laughs> uh he is trying to force some very serious anti-gun legislation onto the good people of our neighbors to the north and jim for one isn't standing for it um they've got a petition going that has amassed more signatures than any other petition in canada's history uh, so we'll get into all of that and the threat that it poses to the sportsmen and women of Canada. And then why does that even matter for us south of the border, for us uh, Americans? Well, I think it's all relative, and we'll discuss why coming up in just a little bit with Jim Shockey. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one, guarantee you that. Let's do a quick giveaway. I've got a Vortex giveaway for you today. Includes a Vortex cap, a sticker, and T-shirt. And so all you need to do is email the word vortex that's vortex to lone star outdoor show at gmail.com to get you entered into this week's giveaway. let's take a break up next cody and willie braun of reckless kelly live in studio on the lone star outdoor show Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here reminding you we're not your typical archery club. 
or a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway, hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime. They're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832-466-9646. Me and my friend Jerry called a western diamondback. Didn't make much trouble once we got her in the sack. We drove back to Jerry's house and found that recipe. Drowned the snake in mezcal and the rest is history. Brian Burns, Rattlesnake Tequila, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you today, thanks to Dallas Safari Club, our longtime title sponsor. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hawk Power Polaris as well. Thanks to you guys for being here as we're about to hear some uh, brand spanking new tunes from Reckless Kelly, one of my favorite bands. And uh, we'll also talk a little fishing with Cody and Willie as well as they are here in studio today. Certainly excited about that. This segment of the presentation, by the way, brought to you by First Light. You can see the entire 2020 lineup, brand new stuff, right there at firstlight.com. Tons of Awesome new items like the Uncompagre Puffy 2.0. I got to try that thing on at the uh, Dallas Safari Club show and can't wait to get my hands on it, among other things. You can find all the new stuff at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. All right. Well, our first guest today, they really don't need an introduction. If you're a fan of Red Dirt, Americana, or let's just say real country music, then you probably know Reckless Kelly has been at this for over 20 years. It is my pleasure to welcome Cody and Willie Braun to the program. You bet, man. Yeah, my pleasure. How in the hell are you guys? Grinding away, uh, getting ready for this uh, new record release? Yeah, we're uh, we're gearing up for it. <laughs> it's a couple months out, but yeah. uh, we're starting to relearn the songs <laughs> that we recorded about a year ago, so it takes a little while to kind of remember all that. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, I'm just kind of on the road. Yeah. business as usual so when you put out a new record and you and you have to go back and relearn the songs that you played in studio um about how many of those would you will you put into a normal set each night uh normally like maybe a half a dozen or you know yeah but this time we were putting out two records yeah um it's a double album so there might be it might be pretty heavy with the new stuff for, uh-huh. for the next little while during right. our live shows so yeah and then we'll kind of just see how the, the fans react to it and adjust accordingly. Okay. So, yeah, American Jackpot, American Girls is the first. It's the first new material since 2016, I believe. Um, that was uh, Sunset Motel. Double albums, though. That's something I think, like, I remember Wilco had one that I listened to a lot as, as a kid in high school. But I don't think many uh, artists are putting out double albums these days. 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's it's probably a really dumb idea. <laughs> this this current climate of how people listen to music, you know, it's it's all streaming and uh, not a lot of people buy records or CDs anymore. So it's like I said, it's it may be a stupid idea, but we still really like to put out a you know an album, and it's we look at it as a whole piece of art from the artwork to the the songs and the the concept and all that. So. Uh-huh. Um, kind of rolled the dice on it a little bit, and we actually weren't going to do a double record to begin with. We we started making a record that has a, a full concept of just being songs about America, uh, American jackpot, yeah. and we ended up with a few extra days in the studio and recorded a few other songs that weren't really part of that concept, and um, decided to just record a couple more on top of that and make it a, a double record. So it's now it's it's one record, one side is about America and the other side is about uh, girls. So right. American Jackpot <laughs> and American Girls. So. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So that, I believe, is coming out in May. Yeah, May 22nd is wow. the, the drop date. Awesome. Memorial Weekend. So 20 songs. 20 songs, yeah. Brand spanking new. <laughs> That's incredible. That we have to relearn. <laughs> yeah, so what, uh, what are you uniquely proud of about American Jackpot, American Girls, compared to... Uh, past records what what separates it um it's 20 songs man i'm glad to to finally get this record made because uh-huh. i've been thinking about it for a long time like several years like several records ago i was thinking about making a record all about america and um so i'm really glad to have that out there and then i think american girls even though it was just kind of the the little sister that came along unexpected <laughs> <laughs> is equally a, a strong record so i'm i'm excited to see what people think of it yeah and, and what about you cody uh well i you know this record was the first record we've done without uh our guitar player david abeta who was uh-huh. with us for 18 years um so we had a lot of different people come in and play on the record which was uh it was really fun you know just getting a bunch of different people in and it really kind of gave us a new perspective on a lot of the songs and kind of a opened up a bunch of different doors for, you know, the, the tunes themselves. And I don't know, we just, I think we approached things a little bit different this time around and, um, you know, just kind of did some different things we haven't done before on other records. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I know the first single, I Only See You With My Eyes Closed, uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago, I believe. January. Yeah, uh, like uh, sometime last week, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that one's more of a full band jam. So... Um, I think we're going to skip that one as far as playing it live in studio. Um, but people can go download it right now. You guys want to play us a, a track off the new new record? Yeah, yeah sure, man. You bet. Yeah. All right, this is one uh, I wrote in three different locations across America. One in uh, one verse I wrote in uh, Colorado near a park called the Garden of the Gods. And then the next verse I wrote in California at a, a winery called the Beltane Ranch. And the last one finished up in Oregon uh, on a lake house that we had rented for a few days and kind of just uh, a song about traveling around the country thinking about the same girl. Took a stroll through the garden of the gods you were on my mind 
sun sneaking through the roses and the rain and the pinion pines. I never let you go, no, I did. Long gone, but my heart's still in it. And I wonder, do the wounds ever heal with time? I've been thinking about you all night. I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night, every night I took a rest at the Beltane Ranch, you were on my mind Fog rolling over distant hills and the fire brick line You know I'd take you back in a minute Long gone, but my heart's still in it Left to wonder why I ever let you say goodbye I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night, every Walking home by the river, by the road, you were on my mind Moon shining like you always used to like it and the stars align Thinking back to the lake of the woods, you were on my mind Running wild like a couple crazy kids to the tamarack pines Still miss you like you wouldn't believe Now you're nothing but a memory Was it all in my head? Were you ever really mine? About you all night I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night Every night I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night I've been thinking about you all night Every Awesome. Love that one. Uh, haven't heard it yet because you can't, <laughs> you can't find it anywhere yet. Um, but will that be one of the singles, do you think, coming up? Yeah, we're doing, I think, what the kids call, is it IGs? I don't know. I'm kind of new to this whole, the, the way they drop uh, new records, but on Spotify and, uh, I don't know, YouTube and wherever people get yeah. music anymore. But it's you can go... If you pre-order the record, you get a new song every month. So ah. we're doing two songs off of each record. So there'll be four singles that you can get before the record drops. Okay. Right and on. that'll be, those will be a couple of them. Cool, cool. Yeah. 
Well, let's uh, let's keep the tunes rolling. Want to do another one off of the, the new record? You bet, man. Wrote this song with our uh, good friend Jeff Crosby. Happier now in her posts and her photographs. Maybe she's better without hanging from my love like a marionette. Even when I was alone, though she was out there, it kept me warm. And now that the sun's going down, I shiver and shake till tomorrow morning. Cause I'm still out there alone. With my thumb out on the side of the road See you dancing in my head Every time someone turns on the rolling stones Maybe it's better you're gone Now I can be lonesome on my own I'm like a dog on the loose Every drink filters through my past And I would forget about you Sometimes I like to pretend I can It's like that merry-go-round We used to meet on the edge of town You'd tell me about your big plans Between drags you will smoke And I'd spin you around and around Say someday I'm gonna go Stick out my thumb on the side of the road Make my way to the city But nobody knows me Live like a rolling stone Somewhere far from home Where I can be lonesome Always living in the moment I was always clinging to the past Haunted by things left unspoken There was only so much sand in the hourglass Some things I'll never know Are you happy? Did you finally find your own road? Someone or someplace you could call home You were always a rolling stone Maybe it's better you're gone Now I can be lonesome on my own I can be lonesome on my own
Another one that I obviously haven't heard. So <laughs> this is great. I mean, hearing uh, brand spanking new stuff for the first time. Um, and like we said, this record is going to come out in May. Uh, 20 brand new tunes. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Come back. And I know one of you likes to do a little fishing, at least. Maybe both of you. So uh, Poorly, but yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Hear another song as well. Sound good? Yeah, man. Excellent. And that segment was brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the old crappie hole this spring and celebrate tight lines and full stringers with a nice cold Lone Star beer. We'll be right back with more from Reckless Kelly on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. You just caught the Jamestown Ferry. It's not a hot day, January, like she said it'd be if she ever left me. Hey guys, Cable here, and uh, I want to tell you about outdoor access. See, access is the one thing I hear hunters complaining about the most. They don't have a place to hunt, but they want to, right? Well, outdoor access is the solution to that problem. Think Uber, but for hunters. It's a membership-based program. It's only $9 a month, but it gives you access to a list of properties for uh, hunting whatever you want you want to hunt deer one weekend great you want to hunt ducks on another property the next fine turkey on another you have dozens to choose from and it's a lot less expensive than paying for a traditional 52-week lease so if you're interested in basically what i call uber for the outdoorsman use the activation code lone star at checkout just go to outdooraccess.com that's outdooraccess.com and use my promo code lone star for 30% off your membership. That's OutdoorAccess.com. Living by Moonlight, one of my favorites from Flatland Calvary, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith here with you today, thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players as well. Took the wife up to New York City to see Flatland Calvary and William Clark Green last weekend on a basically 20-hour trip. <laughs> Just flew up there Saturday morning, went to the concert, and uh, flew back Sunday morning, and it was awesome uh, they packed that little venue full of uh, god-fearing gun-toting red-blooded americans who all no doubt felt just a little bit naked not being able to carry in the big apple but uh, the wife was surprised and like i said last week she lived there for three years while we were dating so while new york means very little to me it means a big deal to her and while i will never get even as far as the number of days weeks spent hunting that she puts up with but uh, after that surprise i feel emboldened enough to go ahead and put those turkey dates that i already know about on our shared uh, family calendar <laughs> oh man uh, it was a great time um we still got reckless kelly here in studio we're gonna pick it back up with cody and willie braun here momentarily this segment however proudly brought to you by dallas safari club the worldwide leader and big game conservation, you know what they did? The uh, the Heartland chapter, I saw this and actually posted it on Instagram this week. They became aware of an 11-year-old boy named Cade Atkinson who has muscular dystrophy. The kid loves to hunt and fish, 
but his uh, little chair, his mobile chair, just couldn't hack it in the outdoors. So they raised $18,000 and got him an action track chair and took him on a elk hunt where he shot a, a nice elk uh, this past season, among other things. So DSC gives back. Whether you join one of the local chapters or you want to join Dallas Safari Club itself, I encourage you to do so. For more info on DSC and the chapter system, just go to biggame.org. And with that being said, let's get back into it here with Reckless Kelly. Cody, Willie, thanks for sticking around. You bet, man. Yeah. Still so good to be here. Your younger brothers were here a couple weeks ago, and they kind of let the cat out of the bag that, yeah, you don't really do much hunting or you, I guess y'all left home before they really got into it. I mean, hell, uh, Gary guided elk hunts, but he said you guys had, you know, were older and were already, you know, trying to establish the band and everything. And I don't know, was that was hunting something that you did do at all? Yeah, not really. Like we had yeah. BB guns when we were kids. Yeah. My my mom and dad weren't really into that, uh-huh. and so it wasn't like part of our our thing growing up. But like we have a bunch of guns now. Um, <laughs> right. But we used uh, to go out with friends though. I I remember going out you know, several times with friends and, you know, hiking around and, you know, it's hunting out West, as you know, is a lot different than oh, hunting yeah. down here. So, you know, You're it was more hunting. about, yeah, it was <laughs> getting out and tracking the animals and, you know, really figuring out the patterns and, you know, you sit and wait for a long time and hope that they come along. But there was, it was illegal to, you know, put out salt licks and feeders and that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? So we did when I moved to Texas, I, I was kind of shocked at, how it's done down here it just seems well, more like killing than hunting to me but but to be fair that's because there's no public land here yeah, there is here. zero so public land if you here. want to hunt yeah this is the model that works for texas yeah and especially in like south texas brush country i mean you're never gonna see a damn deer if you're not corn in the road yeah it's just it's too thick and uh, yeah we we don't have any any problem with any of that yeah, you know? yeah. like oh, i let people I know, uh I know. it's I, very different from the way things are done back west. I mean, look at this elk. I mean, I shot that one in New Mexico. So I, I like to. That's a good looking rack. I, I like to do that as much, if not more, than you know, sitting at a corn feeder. But yeah, that's convenient when you're hunting close to home. Well, and I've got people that come out to my place. Uh, I have a place up in Idaho, and I see antelope uh-huh. every morning, every day. Oh, cool. Um, sometimes I see deer. Sometimes I see elk. There's all, all kinds of animals around there. But um, I don't hunt when I'm home, but I let people come out and hunt from my place. And I'm just like, you know where the freezer is, you know? <laughs> so, they, yeah, if you ever want to come up, you know, just yeah. leave me a couple steaks in the freezer. That's the, that's the trade because <laughs> I can oh, cook yeah. it. <laughs> oh, man. Growing up in a small town, how many, how many people lived in, in your hometown? I want to say it was 71 in Stanley, but we didn't even live in town. We lived between Stanley and Clayton, Idaho. Uh-huh. Clayton is now population seven, I believe. Seven. Stanley is around 70 or something. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> it went down when we left. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't much to do around there. Huh? So, we, yeah. Uh-huh. We grew up in the woods, you know, like. Yeah. Just kind of running running around as, the, as kids. Was building forts was our thing. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. on. Um, now, as far as the fishing, I, I do understand that you're into fly fishing. I am. I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm any good at it. but So you're like me. I'm pretty pedestrian, to, to say the least. I like it because there's a little more action involved. You know, like mm-hmm. casting, I got that down. Yeah. That's the easy part. But like figuring out what bugs to use and where to land it in the stream, you know, is the hard part. So I haven't caught a whole 
a lot of fish yeah. on a fly rod. But it's it's more about just having a fly rod in the truck and pulling over and when you see a little stream and just just doing it for a couple hours one day you know uh -huh. it's it's more about getting out there and oh absolutely and enjoying the outdoors it's not so much catching yeah it's just uh enjoying like you said yeah. enjoying that moment um now if you wanted to catch fish though do you put a, a nymph underneath your dry fly or are you a purist? Like some guys only use. The oh no, I'm no purist. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw three bugs on one line. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm just like, and, and every time I hook yeah. up, it's like, oh, the nymph got him again. Yeah, and then if that doesn't work, I'll go to a spinner. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what about you, Cody? Yeah, Willie got me a fly rod uh, a few years ago for Christmas. What a good brother. Yeah, right? <laughs> I've got to try it out a few times when I'm out there, and I leave it out in Idaho, so. Um, I've caught mostly bushes. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of that as well. So uh, I feel your pain on that front. It seems like all of the Americana Red Dirt uh, bands make it down to Port Aransas occasionally. Um, have you done any saltwater stuff down there? I, I don't think so much down there, but we've gone, uh, we've gone out like in the Keys oh, and uh, Florida, Hawaii. Right? I went fishing out there and Alaska uh, a couple Alaska, times. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I caught a uh, a mahi mahi in nice. Hawaii, and it was they can't see it on the radio, but it was this big, <laughs> <laughs> oh. and it was delicious. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We were in a in Alaska a couple years ago, and and got to go out salmon fishing, and uh, that was just awesome. I mean, we had so much fun. Caught everything. I mean, halibut and lingcod and oh uh, man, salmon and gosh, all kinds of stuff. It was that was that was one of my favorite outings ever just getting to be up in alaska and see that that country up there is just incredible yeah that's on my bucket list for sure so the uh you said halibut those things get like hundreds and hundreds of pounds like five, yeah they can get really big and the way they i mean you know how they're shaped oh yeah when you're trying Look to like get a them flounder in the, yeah they kind of flatten out too yeah. you know makes, it's like rolling in a, it feels like you're reeling in a hundred pounder and it, just, it ends up being like a six pounder <laughs> <laughs> so somebody described it as reeling in a sheet of plywood yeah it's like yeah because they turn sideways and it's like yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't weight, catch any yeah. halibut or any salmon. I was, uh, I got up a little late, but uh, <laughs> but next time caught a buzz the night yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh -huh. Right on. Um, so y'all are obviously uh, uh, release the grease, not so much uh, catch and release, which is good. <laughs> now the trout purist will frown on that, but yeah, um, it's, it kind of depends. Like I, if I catch a fish, like especially when I'm home mm -hmm. and I'm close to the kitchen, like I'd love cooking fish uh -huh. you know that's why i started fishing yeah so I'll, I'll cook a rainbow trout if you know obviously if it's legal to take right. it from whatever right. or wherever you're at uh-huh but it's a very that, that's a very modern concept to be honest with you i mean humans have never maybe within the last 50 years did we start going and catching fish so that we could release them yeah right? and they do that like they you know they got fish hatcheries every 200 feet in yeah. idaho you know so they stock the rivers and the lakes and when we were kids like a couple of times we would go up to like a, a mountain like a long hike and you'd get up there and we would a couple of times take like a just a fishing pole and a cast iron skillet and uh -huh. some butter and you'd pull it out of the water and throw it on the fire like Hell yeah. right there on the bank and that's like the best fish i've ever eaten you yeah know? oh yeah now i will release like a a nice bass, you know, like a eight or nine pound bass. I'm not against catch and release, but it just like it goes against that human nature of what are we doing here? So yeah, if I know I'm not going to cook it, then absolutely yeah. you throw it yeah. back. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. Good time. 
So is there? You guys have already done Alaska, and you've caught a mahi mahi. Is there any? Is there any fish like specifically that you haven't caught that you want to? That's on your bucket list. Well, I don't know. I mean, I read The Old Man in the Sea, so I kind of want to catch a blue marlin, but I want to do it like that guy did it with the <laughs> yeah. with the uh, the hand reel and, you know, bloody fingers. And uh-huh. I don't know. If I ever did, you know, it would be kind of fun to do something like that, like go out with an old school guy down in, like, Cuba and, yeah. and catch a fish like they did back in the old days. Uh-huh. I think that'd be awesome. But it's I don't really have, like, a, a trophy list or anything like that personally. Yeah. You, Cody? I'd, I'd love to go out deep sea fishing sometime. I'd, I think it'd be fun to get something big on the line and just feel what that feels like, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I've never never felt anything like that, so I think that'd be really fun to to fight it. Absolutely. So you mentioned, like, doing it with the old-timer. Um, I went on a mission trip to Brazil in the Amazon in my early 20s, and this guy, I gave him a soccer ball, which, you know, soccer is religion in Brazil. And right. He, uh, he comes to the our our boat our houseboat that we were like based out of the next day and he's like hey come with me I'm like asking the translator I'm like is this safe he wants me to get in this dugout canoe with him she's like yeah it's fine he's fine and we go he takes me peacock bass fishing and I've got a rod and reel and he's got fishing line wrapped around a freaking Ozarka water bottle basically and he caught three fish and I didn't catch a damn one and I mean he's throwing you know he's spinning his hand around casting the thing out there with his hand and it was pretty pretty humbling but uh man i went fishing in uh norway uh-huh. like 20 years ago and we went out on this viking warship like <laughs> hand-built wooden badass boat like the plans were handed down from grandfather to grandson type of thing and uh jay and i went out and we went fishing everybody was reeling them in as fast as you could like it was the old like hand crank uh-huh. you just drop like a line and there was four or five hooks on the line and everybody's reeling in fish all day long and i didn't catch a single thing and finally at the end of the day i was like i got one i got one so I, and i reel it up and it's super heavy rolled it up and it was it was a jellyfish oh. <laughs> it's like one just enormous jellyfish yeah. so i feel your pain <laughs> right on <laughs> Well, um, let's do this. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here with uh, one that everybody knows. Um, what do you want to do for us here? Uh, how about Ragged as the Road? All it's right. a, it's an so oldie but a goodie. <laughs> Two, three, four. There's a road I'm on. Black top and gravel, it's a faded blue line. This road I travel, it's a well worn path, it's a cool park ditch, it's a brig man sleeping on a dead man's switch. I'm a rolling faster than a locomotive. Tougher than the edge of the Rockies, hotter than smoking gun. Ragged as the road I'm on. There's a road I'm on, cracked by the cold, scorched by the sun, searched by the soul. It's a working back breaking. It's 
there's a pickaxe swinging It's still always turning on steel rail singing And I'm rolling faster than a locomotive Tougher than the edge of the Rockies Harder than a smoking gun Ragged as a road I'm on Now this road lines ahead Like life on a brush It's a virgin canvas Free from human touch It's ours for the taking Or the leaving behind Just a ghost of the past With the future to find Tougher than the edge of the Rockies Powder than a smoking gun Ragged as a road Sky me rolling Faster than a locomotive Tougher than the edge of the Rockies Powder than a smoking gun Ragged as a road I'm on It's been truly great having you here in studio. Uh, very excited about the new record. I'm sure all your fans are as well. Hopefully get some new fans, uh, some uh, folks that haven't heard y'all that are listening to the show today. Uh, but it's the uh, American... You know, American Jackpot and American, American Girls. Girls. Right. Yeah. Double, the double record. I noticed you remembered the girls part. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know where my head's at. I'm, in, I'm always running 365, 24-7, so... <laughs> My, much to uh, my wife's dismay. But, uh, yeah, coming out May 22nd. Uh, we can expect another single coming out here. Pretty much the f the first part of every month for the next uh, three or four months. We're dropping yeah. a new single that you can get if you download the oh, the record. I'm sure all the millennials are all over that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but <laughs> it's, it's to me. they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for making time for us. And uh, y'all check it out. Uh, follow all the Reckless Kelly social media stuff. You guys are active on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff as well. And the website. Yeah, RecklessKelly.com. Perfect. We got in there before. We had to be like Reckless Kelly 105. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. There they go, Cody and Willie Braun of Reckless Kelly. Awesome stuff, man. I'm pumped about the new record. That segment of the show proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and the Damn Fish Feeder. Here's what you do. You get the Damn Fish Feeder, you put it on your damn dam, and you feed your damn fish. It's the All Seasons Damn Fish Feeder, and you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. 
Up next, what's going on with Canada and their proposed firearm regulation changes? An old friend of the show, Jim Shockey, joins us to talk about Trudeau and his gun-grabbing ways right here on the Lone Star Outdoors show. For I am not insane, it may have what killed Elvis, and you can call me king. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Hey everybody, this is Bruce Robison and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hello, Bruce Robison, Lifeline, bringing us back. Right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club Cable Smith. Here with you today, as always, thank you for spending a part of your week with me. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris, as we are about to get into a little gun control and what is going on with our neighbors to the north. Uh, Trudeau and his cronies are at it again, trying to disarm the honest sportsmen and women of Canada. And so uh, Jim Shockey will be here to give us the details on what they're facing here in just a second. But uh, one other quick note. Uh, I was having a conversation, and Ivan Carter, who is one of the leaders in conservation, especially when it comes to Africa, he recently posted a photo of a rancher in Africa posing over two dead lionesses. And the you know, story was, well, these lions were killing his livestock, and he's standing over him smiling. Now, why is the guy smiling? Because he just protected his livelihood. That means his family uh, now can, if they have any livestock left, they have something to eat, right? It's a far cry from us in the modern world. And, you know, we can cast stones and judge this guy all we want. But at the end of the day, uh, he's trying to survive, right? And those lions were worth more dead to him than alive. And so I've posed the rhetorical question, of, you know, how do we incentivize that guy or those like him to not kill the lion? And the answer obviously is through sustainable use hunting. You know, if you put a value on those lions, then that rancher is going to reap the economic benefits of that equation and not kill the lions, right? So it, a, a guy commented and he said, explain again how killing something is conservation. And, and I thought he wanted to have a legit conversation. And normally if they come out spitting fire, and and I know it's a vegan or animal rights activist, then I don't even entertain it. It's not worth the time. But this guy seemed to have, well, want to have a legit conversation, and so I answered him and explained to him about sustainable use hunting and uh, Pittman-Robertson dollars, and he was like, no, that's, killing something is never going to be, it never has been conservation. 
and then he starts going into why he doesn't eat meat and wraps up the conversation, which at this point, he's just talking to himself, but he informs us all that in addition to being a vegan, he's also studying to be a wildlife biologist, and he wants to help end hunting in North America. That's his idea of what conservation looks like, ending hunting and thus systematically dooming all wildlife. There is no greater juxtaposition in wildlife management than the vegan pursuing a degree in that field. Uh, Let me tell you right now, it's becoming more and more common on college campuses that those type of people are pursuing those degrees. It's a phenomenon that we can't withstand. If people with that skewed of an ideology on wildlife management are placed in positions of management or authority, let's say 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we're screwed, y'all. So my hope is that you young folks out there listening, high school, college-aged, I hope that if you are passionate about wildlife and conservation, that you'll consider pursuing a degree in that field. Because the future of wildlife and our way of life depends on it. And uh, and I believe in y'all. I know you got it in you. So anyway, with that being said, uh, this segment of the show brought to you by Pulsar and the new Thermion 30mm Thermal Rifle Scope. You can find it at PulsarNV.com and get 20% off your order when you use my promo code LONESTAR at checkout. Well, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. I've been doing this for over a decade now, and Jim Shockey has always been willing to come on over the years, and I know he's certainly passionate about today's topic. So without further ado, Jim, thanks for being here. Uh, it's my, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Certainly. It was great to run into you out at the uh, Dallas Safari Club convention last month, as always. Yeah, great, great convention. You know, uh, tremendous attendance too this year. It was wonderful to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've made some changes here, oh gosh, in 2020, really. Um, signed on with Christensen Arms. I'm sure that uh, that's that's one that you're excited about. Yeah, very excited. Uh, and I also uh, signed on with Hornady. Yeah, I've known Steve and Jason forever. Yeah, from the beginning, and uh, you know, I crossed paths with Steve so many times, and the craziest mountains around the world. That uh, you know, we're we're kindred spirits, and I'm I'm really excited about uh, being part of their team now as well. Uh, I love Hornady; it's what I shoot as well. So big fan of all of their all of their products. Um, which, while we're talking about firearms, uh, that's kind of why I wanted to visit with you today. I've been seeing on your social media outlets that you've posted uh, numerous times about the right to own a firearm. And I don't know what Canadians, if you have a Second Amendment, uh, or what you call that right, but what is going on in your neck of the woods that is so concerning that you're making multiple posts on this topic? Well, our illustrious Prime Minister, we don't have a president, we have a Prime Minister here, uh, Justin, Justin Trudeau. Um, him and, and our Bill Blair, our, our minister of, I believe it's uh, border security and uh, something to do with gang warfare. So they've, they've got together. Now, this last election we just had in Canada, unfortunately, for those of us who, who you know, vote differently, the, the 
Liberal Party with uh, with our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau were reelected with a minority government, meaning that they didn't have enough seats in our House of Commons to actually run the country unless they joined up with an even more left-wing group called mm. the NDP, the New Democratic Party. So they're the ones that have joined, control in in British Columbia right now, and they've got the the, the group yeah, well, squash. The, <laughs> you know, interesting. The uh, NDP, which are pretty far left, uh, some people would call them socialists, here in British Columbia, they also were in a minority situation that they had to uh, form a coalition government with three Green Party members, mm. which are way far left. Yeah. So, so, so here, the Green Party members in British Columbia are wagging the dog. In uh, out out east in Canada, well, federally in Canada, the NDP party is now wagging the dog. Even though, you know, this is the problem with coalition governments and people that, you know, they didn't win. You know, they didn't win the majority that it takes to run our country, but they're willing to do anything to uh, to can stay, you know, stay in power. Yeah. So so and, and, and uh, you know, our, our prime minister has, you know, he's made it very clear over his tenure so far that he is against gun ownership and he's made had already one bill passed that was onerous on anybody that's a gun owner. And now he's working with this minister, Bill Blair, to affect more changes, you know, negative changes for, for gun ownership. Hmm. And what they, they did, they announced that they were going to do it with an order in council. Now in Canada, you know, we, we've got a Senate like you guys do down South, but they're ineffective. They, they're just people appointed that, really do not much. Mm -hmm. The uh, House of Commons is where the people make the choices and and make laws. And that's where discussions happen on changes to laws and whatnot. But we have an ability to change small regulations, things that are not, you know, it's good for Canada. No one's going to complain about it. It needs to be done. So they they do it in an order in council. And this, this has generally historically been a very uh, you know, small, no, nothing terribly important. Uh, this particular order in council, they are talking about, and they, they made one mistake of saying that they're going to do it with an order in council because they know they, they'll never fly on the, the House of Commons, not with the minority government. They're afraid of ending up with a non-confidence vote, uh -huh. you know, or at least their liberal members from the West, which there are not very many, um, you know, they're going to lose their elections next time. So they, you know, they're not, they have lots of ranchers, farmers, outdoors people, you know, rural constituents that they're afraid of, mm. of following their illustrious leader, you know, down this rabbit hole. So they're, they, they announced that they're going to be particularly going after AR-15s. Now they're legal in Canada with a restricted license. Meaning, you know, I own handguns with my restricted license. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just can't take them out hunting, but I can certainly take them to the range. And you're, it's the, the most heavily vetted part of our society, short of being a police officer. You, you've got to be, you know, you go through a serious uh, um, interrogation to basically get your, your restricted firearm license. Now, when I went to you know, our, Alberta for the first time, Jim, probably five or six years ago for a black bear hunt. I wanted to take a 10 millimeter pistol. I wanted to hunt with that. And the outfitter was like laughing. He's like, you can't bring a handgun to Canada. <laughs> that's a, that's a quick way to go to jail. Yeah. If you try and smuggle that into Canada. And then the outfitter I, told know, me he had to jump through hoops to even try to own, own a pistol. 
Yeah, so, yeah, we we like you were mentioning. And yeah, I mean we we can. I can actually apply for a permit to carry a 10 millimeter Glock. I have one. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I can apply to to carry it when I'm guiding. You know, it's it's a, again a fairly onerous process, but I can carry it guiding. There there is a you know amendments that we can do that. Uh, so, but it's it's heavily heavily restricted, as I said, and the AR. 15s are the same boat. So nobody owns an AR-15 unless they've got this restricted firearm license. Now, when they announced it, what happened, I think they sold something like 25,000 AR-15s within a month. It was, you, couldn't, you couldn't buy one. So the government then, they realized, well, they can't announce what guns are going to be banning. So they, they said, we're not even going to tell you what we're going to be banning, other than it has to do with assault rifles. And they've got a hate on for the uh, Ruger Mini 14s as well, uh-huh. and because of a, a polytechnic uh, massacre, people were killed 30 years ago uh, out in Quebec, and so those those guns they particularly hate. So that'll be almost certainly part of the the um, you know the confiscation process. Uh, the, and again, the, you know, there's there's video of our Bill Blair this minister and our prime minister saying they'll never go after the guns of ranchers and farmers, but you know, look at what a you know, mini Ruger mini 14 is. It's, it's a rancher gun. That's yeah. what it's actually called. So th- these people, they don't care. They're going to go after these guns. They're going to do it in an order in council. So we'll all go to bed one day at, in the morning. We'll wake up because at the stroke of midnight, they'll band how many guns and we don't know what are they calling assault rifles? What do they call assault guns? You know, my semi-automatic 22, yeah. that could be used as an assault. I mean, a semi-automatic shotgun, that could be used for assault. You, you don't know. These people will not bring this to the floor for discussion by the people. They want to pass this as an order in council with no discussion. I mean, there's the next step is dictator. I mean, it, it's it's absurd. So, so what we... Well, you see yeah, the people in the the guys who uh, do a lot of predator hunting in Australia. They're they're hunting uh, with a with over unders or side by sides because they can't have a semi automatic shotgun. It's absurd. Sure. Well, that's that's exactly right. Any anybody in Canada that owns a firearm and thinks that you know that their semi auto uh, duck gun is safe is living in Disneyland. It's yeah. not safe. These guys are going to come after all the guns and they're going to chip away at it one step at a time, you know, depending on what resistance they, they find. And we don't have a second amendment. So the best we can do, what, what we did was, was uh, put out a petition. And that's what you've seen on my social media was telling all gun owners in Canada, mm-hmm. you may not own an, uh, you know, AR-15, you may not own a, a, you know, a Mini-14, but regardless of what guns you do own, they are coming after them. And we all need to sign this petition to let this minister of border security, which this has nothing to do with a gang warfare. I mean, he's, this has nothing to do with any of that. We're, you know, go after the gangs, put money towards that, not after us. So I, you know, put it on social media that we all need to sign this. Uh, and this petition right now is sitting at 171,000 plus. Uh, I checked it just before you know, we came on air here. 171,000 Canadians have signed this, gun owners, about guns that, um, who knows what, what number of them actually own any of these guns that might, you know, this guy's coming after our prime minister. 
The point is 171,000 Canadians across this nation have signed this petition, this e-petition, and it's not a petition that's easy to sign. You've got to put all your information down. There's, they say something like 45,000 uh, signatures, signatures have been tossed out because you know the, it's computer stuff, and not everybody, uh, not every one of us is computer literate. But uh, it's at 171,000, which is about 40,000 more than any petition that's ever been presented to our government. Huh. And, and I'm not sure what that last petition was, but it was uh, you know, 130 some thousand signed that one, and no doubt it was an important issue. But it paled in comparison to this what the, our government's trying to do. It, it's undemocratic. You know, unfortunately, it's not unconstitutional for our government. But yeah. we've been we've been letting them know. I, I guess figuratively, it's a shot across the bow, saying you guys pursue this, then you know we will stand up and, and be heard this time. And, and, you know, it's a minority government. It, it's a big enough issue that uh, our federal conservatives, when they see this kind of support and this kind of joining together of, a, of a like-minded citizens in Canada, you know, it, it's going to become an electric election issue. And this prime minister, he's not going to last more than two years because he's in a minority government. It, it just won't last. He's, he's, his, his, management style of our country is simply too bizarre for people to put up with it more for two more years, yeah. uh, let alone the four that he's elected for. Huh. So, so it's, this is what this was. was I've never heard good things about him. I'll tell you that <laughs> just as a, a casual <laughs> well, observer. Here, here, I'll get, uh, 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 I'll give you one. He's, he's really cute. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> you know, that, that's, that, 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 I think that's what got him elected is, yeah. is you know, he's cute. Uh, you know, and, you know, he's sweet. I don't know what name the name the things he likes everybody to like him, but it actually doesn't do a whole bunch that's good for the country. At least, you know, certainly for Westerners uh, and rural rural constituents. Uh-huh. Now, here's the last part of this: is they've implied and that they're going to allot two hundred and fifty million dollars, a quarter of a billion dollars of taxpayers' money to buy back all of these AR-15s that were purchased recently and that people had in their collections. And yet, like I say, you have to have a restricted firearm license. It's, you know, heavily regulated. Yeah. You know, they've got to be in safes and locked up. I mean, it's not like these guns are, are being used in, in crimes. They're not. It's, and nor are the people that they're coming after criminals. They're citizens. They're mm-hmm. patriots. And, and this they, isn't a voluntary buyback, right? No, no, this is confiscation, yeah. but they're going to compensate you. The question is, how much are they going to value these firearms when they do confiscate them? You know, there's another can of worms that they're going to have to deal with. The, the, the popular belief right now is that their quarter of a billion dollars is actually about one-fourth of what this would cost to buy back all these firearms that they're planning to uh, confiscate. Hmm. Uh, you know, confiscate, you know, I use that term if they give me whatever amount of money, I don't want to sell it. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's legally owned by Here's me. Here's your I 25 cents I, on the but, dollar. Give me your AR. Yeah. It, and they could do that. But, uh-huh. but right now the, they believe that this will actually like our long rifle registry boondoggle of, of you know, back in the nineties where we're at, Two billion dollars. They finally stopped it, and they estimated that it was going to only cost ten million to do that for 
Canada. And at two billion, they finally tossed it all out, threw it away, wasted money. <laughs> and, and and now they're now they're talking two hundred and fifty million dollars that by every estimate is actually cannot be done for less than a billion dollars of taxpayer dollars. And then they buy them back and destroy them. Yeah. It, it, you know, private property by patriot citizens of Canada that are the most heavily regulated segment of society in Canada already. You know, you, you know I, I can't get a registered firearm if I have one tiny little spot on, on any kind mm. of a record. You know, it, it's, uh, again, if I sound impassioned, it's because I am. This is, this is not Canada. Yeah, you know, this is this is some foreign dictatorship that that um, you know that alone every Canadian should be standing up and fighting. I don't mean you know literally fighting, you know figuratively. It's uh, we we can't have this where where somebody can decide because he's in charge of border security and gang warfare that that he can come into my house and take my legally owned licensed firearms yeah so so it, it's a um, it's a mess up here right now but that i mean that, that's just one of several messes that our prime minister is is currently presiding over and and was the instigator of so well that, that's why on social media i've been i've been battling battling this uh, as best as i can getting people uh -huh. to sign that petition across canada unfortunately our american brothers and sisters you know, like-minded cannot sign. It's only Canadians to make it relevant. Well, yeah, we're experiencing some of the same tyranny. Uh, Virginia recently is, you know, they, they've been all over the news as their uh, gun rights have been under attack. Um, you've seen lots of marches and stuff going on there. Uh, but this is a mentality that isn't foreign to um, civilized the civilized world. You, you've seen it in Europe, you know, and that's where it started and now it's um, it's it's leaked into our continent, and certainly uh, something that we're not going to stand we're not going to stand for it. Uh, and for people to think like, well, why are we talking about Canadian gun policy? Well, it's pertinent, it's relevant, uh, and and for for me personally, I mean, I have a lot invested in in Canada. I, I end up hunting there for for one thing or another. Uh, it seems like every year, whether that's uh, wolves or bears, or this year I got a moose in Newfoundland and. I, I love Canada and love the people there, and I honestly feel bad for you guys for what's going on right now. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, we we had this exact same type of conversations about, uh, you know, our, our brethren over in uh, Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sat back and said, oh, well, that's happening over there. We feel bad for you, but, uh, you know, what can we do about it? And why should we care? Because we're Canada. And now look where, where they're sitting. I mean, yeah. their their laws are are far worse than ours. They they've accomplished the goal of the of the you know this tyrannical. You know, I, I mean, it's urban majority that's that's you know tyranny by the majority from from urban centers, and that that's they you know their their laws are so onerous. It's almost you know they've almost legislated who we are out of existence, you know, our lifestyle out of existence and make no mistake, you know, the guns are what they're using, but what they're after is us. You know, they, they don't want us. We're, we're a, you know, an independent, um, self-reliant group of people that, that they don't want around. And, and we're they not can, sheep. They want sheep. That's, that's absolutely right. And, and you know what you want to travel around the world 
and see what's happened elsewhere around the world where they have managed to get all the guns back, that's what you have as sheep. That's what people become. They have to because uh, at that point, the, the the gangs run run the countries. Yeah. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Not saying that you know, I'm, I'm not a proponent of revolt, but uh, you know, eventually you just have to do what the man says because you don't have any choice. And and that's the way it is around the world. All these countries that I visited, that's that's been the one common denominator that I've seen is, uh, you know, people privately in their homes will will tell you how distraught they are, but they can't say anything about it out in public you know that that's they're they're cowed into obedience and they don't have any choices they you know they'd love for us from here in the west to go over and release them from this tyranny but then leave of course you know yeah. they, you know they don't they don't want us to stay but uh yeah it, it's it's not a good situation it's slowly but surely eroding your rights you've got the nra down there which is a powerful organization you know they draw a line in the sand and they don't they just fight, you know, for that line. Period. You know, end of conversation. And you know, up here in Canada, we're we're seeing what's happening. They, you know, they ban 32 caliber handguns. Why? Because mm-hmm. not many people have 32 caliber handguns. So those few people that had them had to turn them in. They were destroyed. And they banned wow. 25 caliber handguns. You know why? Well, there's not a lot of people have that. You know, so they they knock those people out of existence then, you know, but they're not going to go after 22 caliber handguns because there's too many of them. That's too big a battle to fight. You know, so they mm. battle the length of the barrel, anything shorter than four inches you have to turn in and they destroy, you know, there's another absurd law. So I can own a, you know, a four and a half inch 22 caliber handgun, but I can't own a 25 caliber handgun, but I can own a four and a half inch 44 caliber handgun or you know 40 38 i can have a 38 special with a four and a half inch barrel that's legal but not a 25 or a 32 <laughs> this is how this is how they they work the system you know the air gun yeah. the um the uh, air gun made by crossman the 357 caliber is illegal here and, and why because they banned guns with a shir- certain shape of stock essentially so any of the bullpup type guns are illegal, even though you can have just a short a gun in, you know, there, there wasn't enough of the bullpup style for that group of people to stand up and fight. So they, they cut little bits and pieces of your flesh off until essentially you die of a thousand cuts. Yeah. That's their modus operandi. And you just can't let them, you can't let them, even if I don't have a, a Ruger mini 14 or don't have an AR 15, you know, I still need to stand up and say, no, wait, uh, this is wrong, and and protested it with in every way we can. Now, that's probably not going to stop our, our illustrious, cute prime minister, but he's going to uh, you know, he's <laughs> keep keep attacking us. You know, he's going to keep attacking us. Yes, he so, uh, he seems to be very intent on that, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah. it, well, it's great to see 171,000 Canadians already. Uh, united on this front, and uh, you know you have our, our support here in the states, um, and we'll, we'll see where this things go, goes. We'll, we'll keep tabs on it, but uh, certainly pulling for you guys to somehow thwart this and eventually get him out of power. Well, uh, you know we really appreciate that, and and right back at you on that one. And you know up here it's 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 almost so disgusting that 
it makes a guy want to get into politics to change it. So, so just just for the record, if I'm ever running for uh, a seat up here, anybody that wants to donate money for my election, I'd, I'd be happy to take the money and and you know get elected and start changing these things. You know, and, and if it's not me, someone else will like-minded philosophies, uh, mm-hmm. someone who believes in the you know honor and tradition and respect, you know, patriots for our, our country. We need people like that in office up here in Canada. And, and we certainly don't, we've got some, we, we don't have enough. So good people are going to have to start to run for these, these uh, elected positions. Uh, otherwise, these other type of people that cater the demagoguery to the, the urban majority are going to continue to, to try and get rid of us. Well, it's the same crap we're seeing in Colorado with, uh, you know, uh, Boulder and Denver control the vote for for every for the whole state. Well, you know, they want to reintroduce wolves. Well, that's because those when are those people ever going to be out among the wolves, right? You know, it's just that urban dichotomy of them controlling the vote for uh, for everyone else is is not foreign to us for sure. Yeah, I, I think I need to go take a shower, Jim. This is disgusting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You, you end up feeling dirty yeah. by this stuff. It's like, uh, wait a minute. These are the best countries on the planet. Why are they sullying the, these incredible countries we live in? Yeah. With you know, this, this isn't this isn't what our countries are about. Canada and the United States, mm-hmm. but we seem to be headed there. And and it's uh, yeah, I. I, I <laughs> Uh, I, at the very least, I'm going to go wash my mouth out for even talking about them <laughs> and giving them any, any promotion on air. It truly is disgusting to see how both of our societies have eroded away from the core values and principles that they were founded on. Uh, we do need to take a quick break. That segment of the show brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Josh and Becky Gunther, they've been taking care of me for a long, long time. From whitetail to exotics, trout, lynx, bear, and everything in between. If I've taken it and want it on the wall, they've done the taxidermy. They do amazing work and offer quick turnaround time, and they answer the phone when I call. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. Up next, the conversation gets a little more lighthearted as we continue with Jim Shockey on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Just walk on by. Wait on the corner. I love you, but we're strangers when we meet. British Columbia is world renowned for its beauty and wildlife, and Vancouver Island is revered as a magical place by hunters. Vancouver Island Coastal Bear Adventures specializes in taking mature trophy black bears with 18 inch minimum skulls in the six and a half to seven and a half year range. They also have Roosevelt elk tags and only take Boone and Crockett bulls each fall. 60% of their guiding area is located on private land. So whether you're looking for a Boone or black bear, once in a lifetime Roosevelt elk or a giant cougar, they've got the hunt for you. Visit VancouverIslandBearHunt.com to book your hunt today. That's VancouverIslandBearHunt.com. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. 
In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. You thought God was an architect Now you know He's something like a pipe bomb Ready to blow And everything you built It's all for show Goes up in Jason Isbell bringing us back The Lone Star Outdoor Show Powered by Dallas and Park Club Cable Smith here with you today As we are still visiting with A longtime friend Jim Shockey and we're going to continue that discussion here momentarily. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land is the one thing they ain't making any more of, friends. But we all want it, whether that's for recreating, running cattle, of course, hunting and fishing, or just to get the hell out of the big city. Lone Star Ag Credit has been doing this for over 100 years. They got you covered. Go to LoneStarAgCredit.com. If you're ready to make that dream a reality. Well, moving right along here, Jim, certainly appreciate you sticking around through the break. And, you know, we talked about Canada's current firearm climate uh, in the previous segment. Now we're going to switch over to something with a little less brevity, uh, maybe not so serious, but still a great cause. And that is the Jim Shockey Military Tribute Classic. And, Jim, I'm a big fan of anything that raises money to get our veterans and true heroes into the outdoors. So feel free to give us the rundown on this event. You betcha. It's just down at the Isle of Palms in South Carolina on the 22nd and 23rd of March. Uh, we raise money for veterans of the armed forces to take them and their families hunting. It makes a, a huge difference in their lives. You know, the outdoors, we all know how purifying it is, but not everybody gets access to it. So we we allow for this access for, for the veterans of the armed forces. And, and it's uh, a great golf event. I mean, it's, no, I wouldn't say that. It's a great event that golf is the uh, is part of it. There, there will be some good golfers, but uh, there's also a bunch of golfers like myself who uh, who, who like a, a nice walk in the woods mostly in the, mostly in the woods actually i I usually uh, call myself a gardener more than a golfer when I'm out there <laughs> I'm just moving yeah, one that, piece of plant matter to another part of the course from <laughs> yeah, that, that's right I, I that's right I'm like an earthworm I mm-hmm. do a lot of aeration out there so, <laughs> or aeration so so it's uh you know and it, it, wild dunes is the resort mm-hmm. it's fab near Charleston it's a great great event um lots of really cool auction items. We've got a meet and greet the one evening. I'll be there. I believe Eva will be there. Tim, our, our son-in-law, Anna Weezer will be there and, uh, and we'll be supporting this, these wonderful people on this great cause. I, you know, we, we should raise, you know, well over a hundred thousand dollars to take veterans of the armed forces, as I say, on all expense paid hunts awesome. uh, and not just in North America. You know, we've, we've taken right over to Africa as well. Um, Asia, Europe. So there, there's, uh, it, it's definitely worth attending if there's anybody listening out there that even if you're not a good golfer, um, you know, I'll be waiting for everybody on, on one of the holes of par three for 
and taking bets. I'm sure it's not legal, but uh, <laughs> it's it's all in all in good fun and for a good cause. Uh, so yeah. anybody who wants to challenge me for uh, closest to the pin, but remember, I, I get a lot of practice on that one hole. So it, it's uh, it, I've actually even got a hole in one uh, on one of the golf tournaments. However, it took me about 35 <laughs> attempts to do it. So, but uh, yeah, I'll be waiting on one hole too. So I get to golf with everybody for at least one hole. And uh, yeah, like I say, great, great time, great cause, great location and, and a fun destination for anybody. Plus there's all these opportunities to uh, bid on items in the, uh, in the auction silent and, I think we've got an online auction as well for anybody that's uh, interested in bidding online. Mm. And Charleston's, a, I mean, a, a really cool city. Um, if, if anyone hasn't been there before, it's a great food and culture, a lot of, a lot of history in that city for sure. Um, yep. When, yep. Good, good destination for a holiday. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. When, uh, when did you, or did you ever stop playing golf? Like when you, when your kids were younger, cause I finally just put my clubs in the attic. Like I just, they had so much dust on them. And and I played once a week uh, up till about seven years ago when my son was born. And then I said, you know, if I have for me probably five hours to, to kill, uh, I'm going to do that hunting or fishing. <laughs> so was there a time in your life where you didn't get to play as much golf? Yeah. I never played at all until I was 40. Oh, wow. I mean, I never, I mean, I probably played in my entire life, 10 rounds of golf, you know, counting when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, 14 years old, uh, like I, I just never played golf, but at, at 40, I decided I wanted to, you know, make sure I had a sport that I could do, you know, as well as hunting till I was in my nineties, hopefully God willing, I lived that long. Um, so I looked around and figured tennis is too hard, hockey, football, baseball, eh, you know, too, too, not, not much chance of that, but, uh, golf. I mean, there's, there's guys out there in their nineties shooting in the nineties, yeah. So I thought, well, this, you know, I'll go do that. So I, I remember the first round I, I played at 40 years of age and I wanted to know, I, I don't cheat. I just, I have, you know, I don't cheat. It's not a, not in my, uh, you don't do the old hand generic. wedge out of the sand. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't kick. I don't give myself a better position. I don't move stuff. I, you know, I, I, I don't cheat because I, I want to know where I, you know, how good I am or uh-huh. how bad. Yeah. Um, now I have to say, I thought I'd find out how good I was. I, I went out with my brother-in-law, who's a pretty good golfer and two professional hockey players. They, they shot, it was, I remember 78, 81 for the hockey players. My brother-in-law shot 92 and I shot 137 <laughs> <laughs> and I was never so humiliated in my life and, and realized that uh, golf, in spite of what everybody says about it, is a very challenging and difficult game to not, not even master, j- just to become competent at. Uh, so, so I spent from 40 till I was 50 uh, golfing as much as I could, hitting balls at the range, 500 balls a day. It was my exercise. Mm. Two gloves on because I'd wear through the palm so quickly. I get blisters. I hit so many balls and. Uh, Eventually got down to a seven handicap, you know, so I'd shoot in tournaments and shoot in the high seventies and early eighties. Um, and then I, um, I, uh, put the golf clubs aside from 50 till 60. And then, uh, Eva married Tim and they moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. So we bought a house close by in Pinehurst, which Mm -hmm. is of course golf, golf central. Oh yeah. So uh, two years ago, I picked up the golf clubs again and, uh, 
And uh, I, I would say struggling is a good way to describe how <laughs> my game has been going. But, uh, you know, I don't know what happens from 50 to 60, but uh, certainly the flexibility is long, long gone. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The distance is suffering, but uh, but I love it. I, I think it's good exercise. I use that to keep in sheep shape, uh, carry my clubs, walk the whole way, and swing about a million times. And <laughs> it's uh, it, it keeps you in shape. It's actually you know, a good way to get fresh air and, and stay in shape. Well, I don't know that we have the same expectations then, Jim, because uh, I, I'm usually riding in a cart and the front nine looks okay. And then I'll get my scorecard on the back nine and I'm like, what in the world happened? Oh, it was those four beers you drank on the back nine. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say it's directly proportional to how many beers you had on the front nine. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. The tournament again is coming up in March and uh the website I believe is uh freedomhunters.org backslash Jim Shockey Classic. Folks can go there for more information. Thanks for coming on, Jim, to talk about the uh the pressing issues going on there up in Canada. We certainly appreciate it and uh, I look forward to our next visit. Uh it'll be my pleasure and thanks for giving me uh an opportunity to to voice the issues up here. It's uh we we need we need to unite all hunters gun owners we need to unite and be one front against this stuff absolutely absolutely god bless we'll talk again somewhere on down the line you betcha all right there he goes longtime friend of the program jim shockey <laughs> i tell you what i'm not kidding i used to play about once a week prior to kiddos now that you know career coupled with the demand of of their activities and, and just spending time with them. I've told all my buddies, unless it's your bachelor party or your birthday, uh, you can go ahead and take me off of the foursome list because I ain't coming. <laughs> Spend that time hunting or fishing. But I always do think that someday uh, when the kids are older and I've got more free time, if that is really a thing, uh, that maybe I'll, I'll take it up again. Um, that segment of the presentation Brought to you by Arluck Outfitters, offering the finest in Newfoundland moose hunting. Uh, you can do this hunt on a budget. And, hey, you could go hunt with Jim um, in the Yukon. It's been 20, 30 grand, and that's great. I'm sure it's a wonderful hunt. But if you don't have that kind of coin, and I certainly don't, uh, you could spend about eight and go with Arluck Outfitters. I shot a great bull with them this October. Amazing outfit, beautiful countryside, and let me tell you, the moose meat. <clears throat> that's about the best thing I've ever eaten. Go to ourluckoutfitters.com to book your hunt today. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to all of our guests today, Willie and Cody Braun of Reckless Kelly, as well as Jim Shockey. We will do it again same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Back where the dog would fly. Oh